be fast. Thank you. Thank you. How's everybody this morning? Goodness gracious. I was walking down the porch earlier, and they asked me if I wanted a loaf of bread. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not a visitor. I'm actually the pastor here. It's been so long since I've been here. Darn and I, we've been uh, at the, the, around the 1st of December, we went to uh, Las Vegas uh, and roped at the World Series finale there in Las Vegas. And, and uh, so when we... When we uh, left Las Vegas, I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But when we went lost, to, when we left Las Vegas, we figured out that what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. I mean, it's like we came home with uh, COVID and Type A flu, and so we've been fighting all this stuff for the last few weeks, and uh, it's been. Uh, <clears throat> It's been a real challenge. So last week uh, for New Year's uh, or for Christmas Eve, I'm like, everybody's like, are you going to make it? I'm like, I'm coming no matter what. I'm coming. I'm coming. And, And like about Thursday, I was like, I couldn't stop coughing because I got a real bad case of bronchitis and I couldn't stop coughing. And, and so I was like, oh, man. I, I hate missing church, and this morning while we're worshiping, I'm just like, I'm soaking it all up because I don't know why people don't just just love church. You know what? I just love this stuff. It's so it's good for me on the inside. It's good on the outside. It's just uh, I just I love to come to church, and I'm just thankful for everybody here this morning. It's a little bit sparse. This morning, I think that maybe somebody's just watching uh, in their pajamas this morning, maybe. And if you're watching in your pajamas between brother and sister sheets, um, we're glad you're in church too. But I'm so thankful to be here, thankful that we could, um, that we got such a great staff for Pastor Amber and, and Rob and Caleb, my goodness, just jumping in and, and for the beautiful, wonderful um, uh Concert that uh, uh, that uh, Jesse and the crew put on. It's just uh, what a great, great thing that, that God's doing here, and I'm I'm grateful for all the wonderful help, and and especially for y'all, and uh, more even grateful to Jesus because He's the one that really makes all this happen, and. Uh, I'm just grateful for that. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We're, we're, we're honored. I want to talk to you this morning uh, uh, about the deception of comparison. In 2023, I think it's important, maybe more important than ever. I don't know for sure, but I think maybe more important than ever that we all really realize that God made each and every one of us individually for a specific purpose and the value that he has for us is for us. And if we're not careful, we will allow the influences of the world to influence us and and then compromise will set in if we don't take every thought 
captive for the breaking down of strongholds. I want to talk about that this morning because it's important that we understand that, that there is a battle that's going on for your mind, for your will, and for your emotions. And, and, the, and that the, the enemy would love nothing more than for you to try to be like somebody else. Because in that looking, and, and, and we in social media and, and in our culture today, there, uh, there is a lot of people that would want to bully the church into being more like the world. And so today, I just want to challenge everybody not to fall into the deception of comparisons. Comparing yourself with somebody else is not a gift to you because God didn't make you to be like somebody else. He made you to be you. And so I just want to, at the outset of this message this morning, I just want to say, you be you. You be you. Because you are the one that God values. And when you try to be like somebody else, God is like, ah, oh, don't do that. <laughs> so in my world, and I, I, I sometimes I'm a little intimidated to talk about me. But I'm going to this morning. <laughs> I'm just going to. <clears throat> And if I cough, it's because I need to. <laughs> For most of my life, I have allowed the world to intimidate me to try to not value who God made me to be. And this has been, I'm just kind of like, it's kind of like, I've needed counseling all my life. <laughs> it's because I don't, I don't get it sometimes, and I haven't got it. But I think the gift that I have, that God has given me and that I have given myself. How many knows that too many times we blame the devil on things that we could control ourselves, and we are really the ones that have been our own worst enemies, and the devil didn't really have to do anything about it because we were messing it up pretty good ourselves. So in my life, I've, I've always enjoyed uh, who God made me to be. I, I do a couple of things pretty well. I preach and I rope. And, and uh, when I finally figured that out, then I could, I could run with that. But the problem has been is that Case in point, in 2010, um, I went to the Paint Horse World Show and showed my horse in the amateur heading, team open, the heading side of it, and I won the world championship in heading on my paint horse. The problem is, wait a minute, the problem is, is that it's, it's called amateur 
world champion. And to me, that's almost like an oxymoron. It's like, well, if you're, they call you a world champion, but if you're an amateur, you're not the best in the world. And I had allowed myself to become intimidated by the word amateur because, listen to this, because I had listened to good Christian people and they had downgraded amateur, the word amateur so much that I was like, oh, I'm just an amateur. But it was Christian people that beat me down so much that I didn't even appreciate the fact that I was the best amateur. <laughs> Y'all with me? But I didn't even appreciate it. And I didn't realize that there were other people out there that wished they were as good as the best amateur. While I'm wishing that I'm as good as the real world champions that are not amateurs. Y'all know where I'm going with this, I hope. Because it's like, it's like never being good enough so, so it robs you of your true identity. And when you listen to other people run you down and run down what you have accomplished, and I will say this too, that, that you will never have anybody ever be critical of you if you never do anything. So in 2012, I continue my career. A friend of mine, he's, I always roped at the, the Houston Livestock Show at the, before we, we roped in the professional side of it, won money there to steer wrestling and rope calves there. And, and then, so after we stopped uh, going uh, roping professional, we went to the, the, paint, the quarter horse show and I'd always rope calves at the, at, the, at the quarter horse show. So I'd always qualify for the world show, but I never went to the world show. It just never meant anything to me because it was amateur. <laughs> so a friend of mine was going, and so I decided I'd go. And in the first two years, I won reserve world champion, which was like re reserve world champion amateur. <laughs> And then in 2012, I won the world championship in the tie down calf open for the over 50. <laughs> for the old people. I'm going to tell you, even with the Paint Horse World Show, it meant so little to me. I don't even know where that world championship buckle is. I lost my belt buckle. I don't even know where it's at. Because I was like, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> Isn't it something how the devil wants to play ratty-tap-tap on our success? And he is, because here's the thing. There will always be somebody that does what you do better than the way you do it. And there will always be somebody that doesn't do it quite as good as the way you do it. And if we are envious or if we are jealous of the way somebody else does it because we're not good enough to be like that, then it robs us of our true identity. So here we go. I'm just over all that. 
I just want to tell you right now, I am over all of that. And, and I don't want to, to be a braggart, but I don't want to be intimidated by who God made me to be. Amen. So we go to Las Vegas to the, to the uh, it's the World Series team open and they have, uh, uh, it's a, uh, they give you a handicap system that you get to rope against people who are, who rope about in the same, the same level of, roping that you rope in. So they have like an eight or seven, which is the very uh, lowest, like for beginners, they have seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And then they have the open, team roping. So we roped in the, in the 12 rope. And I want to show you a video of this in a second. But we were actually able to, out of 450 teams, my partner and I was the second fastest on three head. So we went into the short round as second high call in this big roping that paid a lot of money. We, we wound up fourth, drew a steer that, that, that run pretty good. We wound up fourth in the roping and won a little bit over $100,000. Our team did. Yeah, it's crazy. So we were five-tenths of a second from winning first, which paid 279000 <laughs> So if we're not careful, what we'll do, we'll go, man, I wish I had five, ten, six, seven, man, I only won a hundred times. You with me? <laughs> Be grateful for what we have and celebrate who we are in Christ. I, if you don't mind, I just want to, I, I just want to play this for you. And when I got this, she's like, she's like, we all thought we won first. <laughs> so that was really exciting. And and uh, what was fun about it was that uh, it's something that you work hard for, and you get to have a little bit of success. One of the things that I want to put in you this morning is that whoever you are and whoever God made you to be, take that and build on it. It's the parable of the stewards, of being a good steward of what God's blessed you with. Just take who you are and let God bless you with that. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I don't know, some, many of you probably have heard the, the, the story about the baby elephant, elephant syndrome baby elephant syndrome, uh, where a baby elephant is tied to a strong rope or a chain at a young age, and they're unable to break free from the chain because they're, they're young. Uh, when the elephant matures, the elephant grows up, and the, and the elephant is actually strong enough to break a tree over or even to break the chain. Uh, but the elephant, listen to this, has been conditioned to accept the constraints 
of the condition, what happens is that they, they believe that the rope can still hold them because they couldn't break the rope when they were a baby elephant. They think that they can't break the rope when they're an old elephant. So they never try to break free. The only reason the elephants aren't breaking free and escaping is because, listen to this, over time they adopted the belief that it just wasn't possible to break free. I just want everybody here to understand if there's issues in your life that you don't like, maybe an issue that God calls sin or something that you've been fighting all your life, let me tell you something. It's never too late to break through. Somebody needs a breakthrough today. I know somebody here needs a breakthrough and I want to tell you something. God is for you. He's not against you. And the power that the world has is not the same as the power that God has. God is more than willing. He is all powerful and he is faithful to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. So here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. I want to read verse 12 to you, talking about the deception of comparison. Verse chapter, 12, chapter 10, verse 12. We do not dare classify. This is the, listen, this is the apostle Paul, the guy that wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament, the guy, the guy that God had branded as his spokesman for most of the New Testament. God has put his stamp of approval on Paul as his apostle. But there was somebody in the church at Corinth that thought that they were the monkey mucks that they <laughs> that they were better than Paul, and they had got to, they had begun to read their own press that people would come. Oh, you're so holy, you're so that they began to believe that they were just so much better than Paul was, and that Paul really didn't have the credentials that God had given him. So they they started like like putting Paul down. So here's here's what Paul says. He says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with someone who commends themselves. <laughs> when they measure themselves by themselves, compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. <laughs> Too many times when we compare ourselves with other people or we compare ourselves with ourselves, we're not going to talk about comparing ourselves with ourselves. Maybe next week we'll talk about that, but what I want to talk about today is comparing ourselves with other people. Being impressive and impressing other people doesn't always mean that we are effective for who God called us to be. Uh, it seems that for many generations, I mean, from actually from the beginning of time, everybody has wanted to impress everybody else. And if we're not careful, we get on this roller coaster of trying to impress people 
with who we are and what we have, what we do, how we look on the outside. And if we're not careful, we will become, we will, we will, uh, that will become our foundation instead of having our foundation built on who God says we are, we begin to serve the God of what other people say we are. So there's a story about a man's grandfather. He worked in a blacksmith shop when he was a boy and he used to tell his grandson how he had toughened himself up so he could stand the rigors of bending steel and shoeing horses. One story was how he had uh, he developed his arms and his shoulder muscles. He said that he would stand outside behind the house and with a f- with a five pound potato sack in each hand, extend his arms straight out and hold them out just as long as he could. After a while, he tried to hold up a ten pound potato sack and then a fifty pound potato sack and then he moved on to a hundred pound potato sack and he got to where he could hold a hundred pound potato sack in each hand for over a minute. Then he started putting potatoes in the sacks. Pretty impressive story. (laughs) But looking under the surface, we found out (laughs) it's all talk (laughs) and no potatoes. (laughs) And we laugh about that. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of things going on in our world. And and we we put a lot of, uh, a lot of, clout and a lot of uh, allegiance to people who are just holding up potato sacks as though they would have potatoes in them. (laughs) True spiritual power is often disguised as weakness. And And its aim is not to impress the people but to attack the true enemy. Any of you husbands and wives ever get in an argument? In the early service, Darla said, not today. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens is when we get in arguments, we begin to uh, look at the one that we're arguing with as the enemy when actually we should understand that the enemy is the one who is trying to bring division in us. And it happens in church as well as in couples. It happens at the office building. It happens out in life in general. When there is an argument, there's a disagreement. And the challenge that I would put out before you today is not to make the person that you are arguing with the enemy, but understand that just because you disagree doesn't mean that you have to be an enemy with the person that you disagree with. Because the enemy really is the one who is trying to cause division between you and the one you don't agree with. So here it is, first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. It says, by the meekness, this is Paul talking, 
by the, and he's trying to correct these people in court, these, these people that got off way out in left field. He said, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. He says, I'm coming to you with meekness and gentleness. Meekness, the word meek means power under control. Too many times we think the word meek means that you're weak. It's not at all what that means. Meekness means power, but the power that you have, the power that God gives us, it is under control because we are under the control of the Holy Spirit. So he said, I come to you with meekness and gentleness. I don't know if there's any people here that have ever been around horses. There's horses that you can't trust your grandkids with. And they're, they're, they're just, they're going to go off at, no matter what happens. And then there's, there's horses that are gentle. Gentle horses are the kind of horses that I love. I like the gentle ones. I want to be around the gentle horses. I don't want to be around the wild horses that you don't, they're unpredictable and you don't ever know if you can trust them or not. So Paul says, I'm coming to you. I'm a gentle person. I have a lot of power, but my power is under control. And I'm going to come to you as a gentle person. And, I, and, and that's my challenge to you today as a church and as you being who you have been called to be, to be, to have the power of God in you, but be that gentle person that other people are attracted to because you have peace in your life, not because they don't ever know whether you're gonna blow up or whether you walk in the door, you're gonna kick the dog around and you just never, they just never know what, kind, what they're gonna get that day. I know, I'm, uh, pick your feet up, I'm stepping on your toes. But he said, with the meekness and the gentleness. And then he said, I beg you, when I come down there, you think that, that I am timid, but if I have to come, I'm going to come bold. It's kind of like the mom and dad, whenever the kids are in the back bedroom and they're messing up, he said, don't make me come over there. Paul was saying, don't make me come down there. Because what you think I am, I am not that person. This is, you're going to get who I am, not who you think I am because he was not intimidated by who they thought he was so that he would be the timid person that they thought that he was. He was going to come with meekness and gentleness, but the power was always going to be under control. It wasn't going to be out of control. God's called you to be you, but he's also called you to be in control of who you are, not to blame the devil for your problems, but to take a hold and take responsibility for who you are. Don't take blame when other people blame you and it's not your fault, but take responsibility when you can be responsible. So verse three, it says, for though we live in the world, 
We do not wage war. This is so, this is such a great word. We, <coughs> we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons, we're talking about a battlefield here. Y'all stay with me. A battlefield. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. We're not gonna bully the world around like the world tries to bully the church around. <laughs> On the contrary, they have, divine, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We have that. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It's, it's like a battlefield. So we're going to demolish the arguments, but we're also going to take captive every thought in our own hearts, in our own minds, because we are going to be in control, but not controlling. It says, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So what they were doing, they were comparing themselves with Paul, and according to them, they had obtained more power or more spirituality by aligning themselves with the world's way of thinking. This happens in the church. There's, there's churches today that because there's been so much pressure from the world, they have compromised the truth of the word of God, and they have, become to they have begun to dance with the world instead of being obedient to the word. God, help us because we will never be who God created us to be as long as we are dancing with the world. So talking about it, uh, the, what the real enemy does, he goes about, it says that he goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It says he goes around like a lion. It doesn't say that he is a lion. He says he just... He's just, just a loud mouth. And that's what liars do. You know what liars do when they, when they know that what they're telling is a lie? They get loud. And the louder they get, the less they believe what they're saying. But they're going to get so loud that they, they, they begin to believe what they're saying because they want you to believe what they're saying. It says he goes around like a roaring lion. He is not just a liar. He is the father of all lies. In fact, everything that is evil is, comes from the devil and the enemy of our soul. And it says, and those who are being used by him, they'll have big, bold voices. Don't be fooled by that. In one of his few autobiographical, autobiograph, Jesus is when he was talking about himself, <laughs> one of his statements, he said, I am gentle and humble of heart. Jesus said that. Jesus said, I am gentle and humble at heart. One of the greatest gifts that you can give to yourself is the gift of humility. Because humble people are teachable people. 
Humble people are, they say, Lord, show me the way. And they, when God shows them the way, they, they hear it either through the written word or by God's spoken word. And then they follow through and they begin to see who they are. And we begin to see who we are as we give God the glory and we give him honor and the praise. And we also understand the word better because we will never know ourselves until we know the creator of who made us. Real spiritual power doesn't come from the world's standards. The world's standards is more money, more power, and more fame. And it seems to me like you think about that more. We talk about having more money. People who have all the money they need, they, have, they realize that the money hasn't given, given them contentment yet. So they want power. And so they get all the power that they can get. And if the power doesn't give it to them, then they want fame. And, and there's no end. It's, it, it's just, it'd be just like me after I win the roping, I forget about that roping. And it doesn't mean anything to me because I've got to go win the next roping. We, we never celebrate who we are in Christ. And, and what that does, it robs us of our identity. That's pretty good preaching. I don't care who's doing it. (laughs) But Paul said this. He says, I'm not going to be like these guys. I'm not going to be loud and proud. I'm not going to operate like the world operates. But make no mistake, I am Jesus' apostle. You are the apostle of Jesus. And he says, I do have the authority. I'm not here to impress you or be impressed by you. I'm not running for anything, but I'm not running from anything. Some Christians put on a mask of spiritual power, but in reality, they're just acting, copying what other people do. You see, that's where we get the word hypocrite is the hypocrite is is an actor where we act like we are somebody else uh, in uh, Uh, copying what others do, thinking because the person they are copying is successful, it will make them successful. That's the reason there are so many, uh, uh, so many churches want to be like other churches. Listen, we are individually, fearfully and wonderfully made and God is a creative God. All you got to do is look at the person sitting next to you and see the difference between you and them. God is so creative. And let him be creative with you as an individual and you'll be more content. So in Romans chapter one, verse 16, it says this. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes it. Everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. True power isn't necessarily impressive, but it is always effective. It is always effective. I went to a uh, went to a, a conference several years back, and I was sitting in the conference, and and I saw a bunch of preachers go back in the corner, and they were all just talking amongst themselves. <coughs> And I think that they were conspiring how they could come talk to me 
so that they could convince me that they were right about the prosperity doctrine. So they come over to me, all of them. It's like, it was kind of like they had a committee that had been appointed to come change Randy Weaver because Randy didn't get it. And they came up to me and, and, uh, and they says, you know, God wants you to be wealthy, Randy. And I said, oh, I know that. I said, I am wealthy. I feel really wealthy. And, and they didn't know what to say about that because they, they, they were thinking about money. And I was thinking about the gracious gifts that God had given to me, my, my family, the blessings of peace in my heart, peace in my mind, the blessing. I feel really wealthy. Not because of the money I have, but because of who God's made me to be. They said, no, 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 no. God wants you to have more stuff. Don't you think that you could do more in ministry if you had more money? I said, and I, my response to that was that God gives me all the money I need to do what he's called me to do. <laughs> they wasn't getting anywhere. <laughs> but you see, too many times we make it about our own personal agenda when we really need to make it about God and his agenda for us because it's always better than what man thinks it is. I love this verse, and y'all uh, put this and let this marinate. Let this marinate. In verse 5, where it says, We demolish arguments in every pretension, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought every thought of compromise, every thought of that, that draws us away from God's word. We take thought, every captive, and we make it obedient to Christ. The enemy has created strongholds of lies, lies that fill our education system. Moms and dads, you have the key to success with your own kids when you have Christ in his agenda in your heart. With our education, our political system, they want to bully us into, into uh, making hate crimes out of things that the Bible calls love issues. <laughs> Even our religious system begins to get compromised. And I want to say this, that it's so important, it's so important that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we don't fix our eyes on the things of the world. You, you, just let me talk to you guys out there that are consumed with Fox News. Let me talk to you for a second. Fox News does not have the answers to the world's problems. Jesus has the answer. And when we focus on Fox News, we're not focused on Jesus because you can't focus on two different things at the same time. So we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. 
because the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame of the cross, but he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for those who will appreciate who God made them to be. It's interesting how if we're not careful, the world can throw curveballs at us. And if we're not careful, we will react in a worldly way instead of a godly way. <coughs> so, after I won that rope and the, the global handicap system is that they handicap you and, and the lower your number is, the, uh, the more you can win and they raise your number and when they raise your number, you have to rope against guys who rope, who rope better than the way you rope before. So they sent me a text that they raised my handicap number because I won the roping. And I was just, I was like, I was so ticked off. So I send them a scathing text about what I think about their numbering system. <laughs> and I was so ticked. I even read it to Darla. I read what I, what I sent to him. And she always uses this phrase whenever she thinks that I'm out of line. She says, Reverend Weaver. <laughs> Do you think that God is proud of the text that you sent to those people? And I was so upset. It took me two days to apologize to him, but I finally sent him a text back and told him that I was out of line and I, I was dishonoring with my text and I told him I apologize. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this. In our culture today, it's so easy to be offended at something. And if you're looking for an offense, I promise you every time, if you're looking for offense, you will find it. You're going to be offended if you just look for it. You're good, I promise. It's much easier to be offended than it is to overlook the offense. But I'm going to tell you something. We don't wage war the way the world wages war. We're not a bunch of bullies. We are people who love people when we are bullied, but we are strong, we are meek, we, are, we have power, the power of God for us, the power of the Holy Spirit is in us, but that power is under control. We are gentle people, but we are not going to be intimidated by the world. We are not mealy-mouthed, mild-mannered men that meekly meet and methodically minister. We are mountain-moving men, the masterfully men, the messed-up minds of mankind. That's who we are. So today, when we go through 2023, my challenge to you is for you to be the best you 
that you can be. And don't compare yourself with other people, but let God show you who you are and be that person because that's what will bless God. That's what will honor God. And that will be an act of worship to God when you really accept who God made you to be. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thanks for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. And I just thank you that your word is living and powerful inside of us today. Lord, I pray for every individual. I pray for everybody watching online. I pray, oh God, today, oh God, that you would inhabit our praises, that you would inhabit our worship. And Lord, help us to take responsibility in those areas where we have allowed the world to intimidate us, where we have given in to temptation that the world has brought to us, oh God. But Lord, may we be responsible that we uh, would apologize to you, that we would ask for forgiveness for the sins in our lives as born-again believers, that you would help us, Lord, to identify with you and not identify with the world. And we thank you, Lord, for it. We thank you for the power that overcomes the world, our faith. In Jesus' name, I pray. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. This morning, if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest way that you can find out who you are is by allowing the, the one who created you to come into your life and to come into your heart and to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus said you must be born again. If you want to inherit the kingdom of God, if you want to go to heaven, the, there's only one name given among men whereby man must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus so this morning, if you've never accepted him as your personal Savior, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Anybody, we want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody, Preacher, that's me. Yep, right here. Come on up here. Yep. Yep, thank you, buddy. Leave your hand up till we get a Bible in it. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Yep, thank you, partner. I'm proud of you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I need, I need to make the Lord Jesus the Lord of my life. I, I'm tired of living my life by myself. Yep, thank you. Yep. Anybody else? Yep, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. If you raise your hands, would you look up, up, look up at me? If you raise your hand, would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Come on back in the back. Come on, partner. Come on. Come on, buddy. I want to pray with you. You can come with him if you want. You guys, you come on. Come on, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Hey, if, you, if you're a little boy, raise your hand. You can come with him. Bring him up here if you want. And back in the back over here, too. Thank you, partner. What's your name? Adam? That's good. I like it. Hey, buddy. Bless your heart. You shake my hand. What's your name? Braxton. Braxton, that's right, Braxton. I love you, buddy. All right, here's, here's what we're going to do. Adam and Braxton, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to invite Jesus to come into our hearts and make him the Lord of our lives. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised you from the dead, that we'll be saved. So I want to pray with you. Can I pray with you? Okay, let's, let's pray. Y'all help us pray. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. 
Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm proud of you guys. Bless you. Bless you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Can y'all go over here and visit with these guys over here for just a second? Thank you, Adam. Go visit with these guys for just a second. Appreciate you. Stand with me, please. <clears throat> I think a lot of times what happens is we need to have our minds stirred up inside of us. And, and uh, it's so easy to, to drift with the world instead of going along and going against the current of the world. My dad put it this way. He said, any dead fish can float downstream. But it takes a live fish to go against the current. And that's the, really the purpose for this message this morning is, is we, we, need to be, we, need, we need to be alive in Christ. So how many, how many will say this morning, say, just by confession, say, say you know what? I, I need to be the person that God made me to be. And, and in some areas, I've allowed myself to compromise. But, but this morning, I'm, I'm convinced that I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm, and to the best of my ability, I'm not going to let the world compromise. I'm not going to compromise with the world. Raise your hand. I think we could all do that. Let me just pray for you. Let's raise both hands and surrender to God. Lord, you see our hands today. We understand that we are, are humans in flesh, oh God, that needs the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, in our souls. And I thank you, Lord, that for the victory today. And Lord, for everybody here today that has their hand up, everybody that's watching online today, I pray, oh God, today that you would help us to see ourselves the way that you see us. And Lord, I pray that you would convict us of the, in the areas where we have allowed ourselves to be compromised with the world. And Lord, we, we uh, repent of that. And we pray, oh God, that you would help us to be have allegiance to you and to only to you. And we thank you, Lord, for that. And we just speak victory over this crowd in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all. We sure do love you. Thanks for coming. We've got our prayer team up here if you need special prayer. Love to have you. God bless you.